Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. I'm chatting today, in a few minutes, with uh, Stuart Theobald. He's the chair of Intellidex. And we're chatting about uh, private-owned, uh, state-owned entities and should they be privatized. Good day, Stuart. Trust you all well, and thank you for joining us on the show. Good to be with you. Hi, Rob. Hi. Hi there. So, Stuart, I mean, the obvious question here is, uh, I did read your article. What a great article, by the way. Well well done. Um, but the big question Thanks. is, should should state-owned entities be, be privatized, and why is the government so hesitant around around doing that. The government talks a lot about public-private partnerships and the need for it in in good governance and correcting uh, state-owned entities, failing state-owned entities. But there seems to be a, a major hesitance around that. So let's talk about two separate things. One is privatizing state entities. The other is the private provision of public services, or if you like, the provision of public services by the private sector. So the private sector can provide services that alternatively the state could do. So, for instance, you can renew your uh, drivers through your bank. Hmm. Uh, as a good example, the bank is stepping in and is providing a public service. Now, it does that as a fee. It charges government, but it's a service provider that is able to deliver a public service to the public. So the role of the private sector in delivering public services can mean that you, the consumer, end up getting your public services from a direct counterparty who's also in the private sector. That is something we have been seeing happen more and more. And if you think about major areas of the economy, like most obviously electricity generation, mm -hmm. which a decade, a decade and a half ago was almost entirely done by one single state-owned enterprise. You now have it that halfway through the day when the sun is shining, about 20% of the electricity on the national grid is being generated by private generators. Mm -hmm. Now, privatization hasn't happened. All that's happened is the entry of private operators into generating and offering and creating a public service. And that is what we're seeing happen more and more. Now, it hasn't been because of privatization. It's actually been because of the withdrawal of the state from certain sectors. So I mentioned the energy example. But think about an example like SA Airways. SA Airways is still in business rescue. It operates, but it operates on a very limited scale. And it effectively withdrew from the airline market and mm. left the market to the private sector to and various competitors within the private sector to offer those services to the public. We've now just seen the post office put into business rescue. The post office competes to some degree with private sector, with logistics, with career companies and so on, who all uh, deliver things to our doors. Mm. Now, the, the post office on paper, actually has a legislative monopoly. On paper, on the laws, it says the post office is the only one allowed to develop any package under a, <laughs> deliver any packages under one kilogram. Now, I don't think there, there were some efforts a couple of years ago by the post office to take couriers to court, uh, for delivering things under one kilogram. I'm not sure that's going to happen. And frankly, that should be removed from the, the law books. If the post office is in, uh, business rescue, there is no good reason it should have a legislative monopoly. But that's another example where the state is basically withdrawn. Again, it's not privatization, 
It's simply the state ceasing to be the major provider of a public service. Mm. Now, this is happening because the state is seeing its, uh, its state-owned companies, the mechanisms, the legal entities that are meant to be providing these services, basically collapse. They're collapsing because of mismanagement, uh, because of corruption, uh, and, uh, and as a result, they're exiting the market. The state has been unable to continue refinancing these entities. Mm-hmm. We were at a point where our creditors were becoming extremely concerned about the level of debt building up in the center, in the national uh, sovereign balance sheet. And a lot of that was being driven by having to bail out these dysfunctional state-owned companies. The the bailouts have stopped. And what happens when that stops is that these entities go into business rescue and ultimately collapse or get restructured into a much smaller but more viable Mm. form of their previous selves. And you end up with private provision of many of these services. Exactly. And I, I think bailouts is, is a very contentious point, especially amongst the, the public. At the end of the day, the taxpayer is paying for, for those bailouts. So in an in instance like ESCOM, ESCOM uh, keeps receiving uh, huge, huge bailouts and te- uh, simultaneously uh, do increase their tariffs. So the consumer's facing a double whammy where uh, half of their taxes, which should go to social services or other service delivery, is not uh, getting that because it's been used to, to bail out uh, ESCOM. And still we are seeing an increase in tariffs, which seems to go nowhere. It doesn't ac- actually go uh, towards fixing any problems in in electricity supply. Now, um, will, will privatization increase uh, consumer costs? Uh, the state often talks about a reluctance to uh, to privatize because there will, uh, monopolies will be generated, price fixing will, will go on, and at the end of the day, um, I think it was Casati that actually mentioned that they against privatization because the consumer will uh, face increased increased costs. Uh, is that the case? It really depends on how well the private sector is regulated. If we use the example of electricity, for example, the plan is that Eskom will unbundle its transmission grid operator. Uh, the grid operator will then purchase electricity from multiple suppliers. Now, that creates a competitive environment in which everybody has incentives to offer electricity at the lowest cost possible. In that environment, we, we might well see that trend of ever-increasing tariffs reversing, mm-hmm. And we might even see electricity costs starting to edge downwards as new entrants using new technology can generate cheaper, uh, cheaper and cheaper electricity. Our overall uh, costs fall. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it depends having the right transmission operator, the right regulations, the right ways that the private sector are allowed to trade in that market, creating electricity markets to trade it and, and pr- create the incentives for cheaper production. Mm-hmm. As long as the regulations are achieving those outcomes, you get better outcomes for consumers, certainly better than we've currently been getting in an environment of severe electricity uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, this can be true in many other areas, many other markets. Not all markets. The transmission operator itself, the grid operator itself, uh, in most places around the world tends to remain in state hands. It's a very important central entity, uh, that is by its nature a monopoly. 
and it has to be uh, tightly held and regulated accordingly to provide an essential public service. Mm-hmm. So it's not true that in all cases the private sector is going to provide uh, better options, but they can. You mentioned public-private partnerships earlier. In the right types of public-private partnerships that are well-regulated, you do get win-win outcomes for both the state and the public uh, mm-hmm. as a whole. I think if you look at uh, Telcom, the Telcom many years ago did their semi-privatization where they sold off uh, shares to the, to the private sector. That did wonders for for Telcom. It, it rescued them, rescued a failing uh, state-owned entity, and it did it did do do pr- uh, pretty well there. What if they adopted that same philosophy and same strategy and model to all state-owned entities, ESCOM in particular? Yeah, look, S, uh, Telcom is a good example. Telcom's been a consistent, uh, financial performer for the state. It actually pays dividends to the state. Mm. It contributes, uh, hundreds of millions every year into the fiscus through those dividends that it's been paying. So that's a good example of a, of a state-owned company. Now, it's a state-owned company in the legal sense. As you say, the state owns a minority interest in the business, which is why it receives those dividends. Uh, but it's the general, con- the control of the entity uh, is now driven much more by investors in general, who, of course, are interested in the commercial performance of the business primarily. And you know, that commercial drive, that commercial discipline can be very helpful in ensuring businesses are well run, that they are the right incentives facing management, and that they generate the financial returns uh, that mean money going to the state to support it to provide other public services. Now, is ESCOM the right answer to do that? There are certainly opportunities where listings can make a big difference. Uh, listing entities in electricity generation, perhaps even in transmission and grid uh, operation. Uh, but it, uh, it's not a sure thing. It's got to be where it makes sense where the capital markets provide play an appropriate role in providing access to capital uh, and where they can drive the right source of governance uh, discipline within those companies. Uh, certainly it can be done elsewhere. Should the state rem- remain a minority shareholder in these entities? I'm less convinced that they should be. I see no real reason for the state to be a minority investor in telecom, for example. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, it's been a, a reasonably good investment in that it's paid, uh, considerable dividends over the years to the state, but it doesn't seem to have any strategic public interest value. Uh, in maintaining that that interest, and I'm not sure it would make sense for it to hold minority interests in other companies listed on the exchange. And of course, the uh, correct regulatory environment would would be an absolute necessity to to allow uh, private investment in in state-owned entities, which doesn't quite seem to be be the case right now. There needs to be a lot of reform in in legislation, and a lot of amendments need to take place there. Yeah, it's been a fantastic uh, chatting to you, Stuart. I'm sure we could chat for hours more uh, about this, and perhaps I'll get you as a, a guest on on my show on on Wednesdays, and we can chat for about an hour on on the different state-owned entities, in particular your your article. But thank you for your time, and let's hope that uh, we do see some uh, turnaround in in state-owned entities through through private and private investments. Thank you very much, Stuart, for for your time there. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.